Good morning from WKYT News. I'm Bill Bryant. We welcome you to Kentucky Newsmakers. It's been a dramatic couple of weeks after the Kentucky statewide elections. Later, we'll be hearing from the Kentucky Education Association about the role teachers played in the victory by Governor-elect Andy Bashir and about their agenda for public education going forward. Eddie Campbell of the KEA will join us shortly. But first, Center College's Political Science Department did some exit polling on Election Day. They also partnered with some others, and they found some very interesting results in their research out in the field. For the first time, they were able to get results from other parts of the state. It gives us an idea of what was on the minds of voters when they went to the polls on that election day. Joining us first this morning is Center College professor, Dr. Benjamin Knoll, who uh, was the, overseeing that project. Thanks for coming. We appreciate it very much. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, first, tell us about the project, uh, what your intention was. Sure. So this is an extension of a project that's been going on at Center College in our politics department for a number of years, starting in 2011. We started doing a student um, undergraduate research project, more or less, where we had students go to the various voting locations in Boyle County, where Center College is located, and had them distribute surveys to voters as they left the, the, uh, the voting location to try to better understand um, voter attitudes and opinions about local elected officials in Boyle County and that sort of thing. Uh, it was a great opportunity for students. They were able to write some questions to put on the survey, so it was an excellent pedagogical kind of um, activity for the students to do. Um, then, this year, we were able to partner with a number of other universities and colleges around Kentucky uh, with the idea that for the gubernatorial election, we would be able to um, run that same project in a number of different locations, aggregate pool the results together to be able to say something about the uh, Kentucky-wide gubernatorial yeah. election as a whole. And so the, the results uh, really give us an idea of the mindset of voters uh, on that election day as they went to the polls. So what were your findings? Sure. So the findings there, it's important to know that what exit polls are able to give us that we're not able to see from other sources is we can look on the Kentucky Secretary of State's website. We can see what happened, right? We can see the numbers and see who won. Um, exit polls help us understand the, the why of what happened, uh, what types of people voted for who, uh, what was normal, what was abnormal, things like that. Um, what we found overall was that Kentucky voters behaved more or less in a normal fashion in this particular election. Um, around the country, we see the number one predictor of voting behavior is political partisanship. Democrats tend to vote for Democratic candidates, and Republicans tend to vote for Republican candidates. Uh, and so we saw, for the most part, that same thing happening here. Uh, Republicans in Kentucky, of course, voted for uh, Matt Bevan to a large extent, and vice versa uh, with Andy Bashir. So that was a fairly normal thing on that end. What was interesting and I think and out of the norm for this election is that there's always a few partisan defectors we could call them uh, who cross the aisle to vote for the other candidate usually it's in the range of five to ten percent uh, in this particular election though we found that there were more Republican defectors who crossed over to vote for Bashir than there were Democratic defectors who crossed over to vote for Bevin. And they tended to be uh, younger, right? Uh, generally speaking, yes. Um, not all of them, but yeah, there was a strong relationship between 
the age of the Republican defectors, we could call them, um, and uh, who they voted for for governor. So amongst those Republicans who crossed over to vote for Bevin, which in our sample was approximately 16% of all Republicans, uh, roughly 40, 45% of them were under the age of 40. Professors, we look at the numbers and just how close this election was uh, to the point that it had to be decided, you know, basically after a re-canvas that was eventually this week, then the concession by Governor Bevin and the Governor-elect Andy Beshear is now putting his administration together. But as you look at that, and for Bevin to have the slight advantage in terms of, you were telling me that more Republican, more Kentuckians identify as Republican now, even though they're not registered that way. Uh, Andy Bashir really had to, uh, to thread a needle carefully to win this election, didn't he? Yes, very, very careful. What he had to do, in essence, was win every single voter who identifies as a Democrat. And our exit poll showed that he did a pretty good job. Almost 95% of Kentucky Democrats, or at least who identify as Democrats or independent lean Democrats, uh, voted for Bashir. And he had to pick off just enough of uh, self-identified Republican voters to be able to overcome that um, slight Republican advantage that uh, Kentuckians have. And um, he was able to do that. President Trump made that election eve visit to Lexington and urged Kentucky voters to re-elect Bevin. Mm -hmm. uh, you did find that the president remains very popular in Kentucky. Yes, right? yes, yes. So he's got a roughly a 55% approval rating amongst Kentuckians, and that's something that is shown by both national um, survey firms as well as our exit poll survey. Um, and so Governor Bevan was looking to capitalize on that, saying, okay, he's got a 55% approval rating-ish, uh, give or take a couple of percentage points. If I can tie myself to his popularity, that might be enough to overcome um, the, the low approval rating that I have here in Kentucky. And what we found in our survey was that worked to some extent, but not as much as he was perhaps hoping. We found that people who have a generally positive opinion of uh, President Trump did not uh, always vote for Bevin, and even uh, amongst some of them, still crossed over to vote for Bashir, even though they have a generally favorable view of Trump. So you would say the effort by the Bevin campaign to nationalize the race uh, was not as effective as they had hoped? Uh, yeah, it was somewhat effective, but not effective enough to be able to do what they were intending to do with that. We obviously have a, an urban-rural divide mm -hmm. in Kentucky. Uh, as you look at that, is that a, a predictor of elections going forward in any way? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely, and that's the way it is around the country as well. That's one of the, the chief um, factors that tends to correlate very strongly with voter behavior. Uh, urban areas tend to be very blue communities, blue counties and neighborhoods, and rural areas tend to be very red counties and neighborhoods, and we see that reflected as well in the uh, exit polling project this year. When you look at those numbers uh, from this year and this governor's race, do they give you any guidance about next year, or was this simply the governor's race and Bevan had a popularity problem? Uh, is, do, do these numbers and the results this year predict any uh, uh, troubles for McConnell or Trump next year in oh, Kentucky? Sure. I'd say the most that could be said is that it is suggestive, uh, but perhaps not fully predictive on this end. And by that I mean that because of the loose correlation between attitudes toward President Trump and attitudes uh, towards uh, Governor Bevin and Andy Bashir and how people behaved there, that there is 
less of a straight line between how people voted this time around and how they might vote next year. Uh, same thing for Senator McConnell as he runs for re-election. There was a little bit tighter relationship between um, attitudes toward the various gubernatorial candidates and attitudes for McConnell there. Um, for McConnell, he might want to be looking at that same group of young Republicans who are willing to cross over to vote for a Democrat for governor and um, look at that as a possible area where he might want to shore up some support. That, that would be a suggestive trouble spot for him going forward. Some other interesting uh, things that happened on election night, it, it, Northern Kentucky, which traditionally has been a Republican stronghold, two of the three uh, counties there in the metro Cincinnati area mm -hmm. uh, went for Bashir. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, was interesting and much has been made of that nationally mm -hmm. in that they're saying, well, that shows some suburban uh, flight uh, mm -hmm. of voters from the Republicans. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, absolutely, and that's not isolated just here to um, Kentucky. We saw that as well in the Virginia elections that happened uh, last week as well and has been going on all over the country. So we see Kentucky following same national trends um, as far as that goes. What will you be looking for for your next project? Uh, next year's a big year. Sure, uh, next year is a big year. What will we be looking for is attitudes, of course, toward the president, how that... Um, affects voter opinions and behavior here in Kentucky, as well as the, the Senator McConnell re-election race there. Um, the eyes of the nation are going to be on that, of course, along with the presidential race, and hopefully we'll be able to do another survey project that will help voters better understand um, attitudes and behavior towards those various uh, elected offices. Did you do a McConnell approval in this one? Oh, we did. And? He's less popular than President Trump. He has a roughly a 45% approval rating amongst our voters sample, uh, about 10% less than President Trump has. Um, I wouldn't put that as red danger lights for him, but it's certainly suggestive that his support base is not as strong as the president's is in Kentucky. Dr. Noel coming in from Center College. We really appreciate that. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for coming by. Hope you'll stay with us on WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. Eddie Campbell will be with us from the Kentucky Education Association talking about the role teachers played in our election. Coming up on WKYT. Welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers on WKYT. We're delighted you're with us. Kentucky public classroom teachers showed up in protest and obviously showed up to vote in the November election. We want to welcome back to Kentucky Newsmakers the Kentucky Education Association. They played a key role in Governor-elect Bashir's victory. It's clear the incoming governor wants to acknowledge that given his invitation to teachers to be grand marshals of his inaugural parade and his appearance at the KEA headquarters minutes after after Governor Bevan conceded the election and things were cleared up there. Joining us this morning is Eddie Campbell from the Kentucky Education Association, who is currently serving as president. We welcome you. Thank you very much for coming. Thanks for having us today. You issued a, a statement on Thursday when the, the uh, concession came from Governor Bevan, and it read in part that we are relieved, it says, to know that Governor Bevan has finally accepted the will of the people and decided to concede the race for governor. For educators across the Commonwealth, this means they truly made the difference in electing Andy Bashir as our next governor. Why do you feel uh, so strongly that uh, teachers uh, were uh, to embolden to get involved and be a part of this election process? So, you know, the last three years have been a, uh, quite a struggle for educators. You know, there's been lots of name-calling and attacks uh, that had occurred, and educators have become very fired up and passionate about 
being involved in the, the process, the political process, the legislative process, making sure that their voices are heard. And I'm just, uh, our educators were just out there and involved. They were out in their communities, they were talking to their neighbors, their friends. They uh, held events all across Kentucky. You know, I, our association, we had events in 100 of the 120 counties, writing postcards. We sent over 40,000 postcards to our members talking about the importance of public education, talking about the importance of this election, and really making uh, public education a spotlight in this campaign. Do you feel that teachers came to feel like pawns in the, uh, in the politics of the last couple of years in Kentucky? I don't know about pawns. I think. Uh, the uh, making sure we're focused on public education and educators found their voice over the last three years, making sure that they were focused on the needs of their students in their classrooms, making sure they had adequate resources. So I don't, I don't think it was a pawn, but more uh, uh, a focus on we have uh, lifting up public education. In the view of KEA, was there anything positive that came from the Bevin administration over the last four years? Uh, I think he fired up public education and really put the spotlight on there. Educators realize now that they need to have their voice loudly heard in the political process, uh, in the legislative process, that everything that we do as educators uh, are impacted by a decision that's made at Frankfurt. From the resources that we have in our classrooms to the buses and the transportation that's provided uh, to the other resources uh, that students have like counselors and uh, uh, school safety. All of those uh, are a decision that is made by an elected body. So I think of any, if anything that's come out of the last uh, administration is this real renewed focus on public education and the need to make sure that we have quality uh, quality public education in every corner of Kentucky. Andy Bashir will be the next governor of Kentucky and y y the KEA members in many cases campaigned very hard for him. Oh yes. What was it that he said to you that that gave him the support of teachers and, and educational professionals? I know it wasn't just what he said, it's what he did. Over the last uh, several years he stood up for public educators and came out and he defended uh, for the, with, against the pension bill, the sewer bill um, that was passed in the middle of the night. Uh, he came out on many occasions and stood up for public education and then he turned around and stood with public educators in this whole process. And I think moving forward, he's gonna make sure that we have a public education voice, we have educator voice in all aspects of, of the decisions around policies and funding that there's the experts out at the table making those decisions. Many people have said that you know this went beyond teachers because teachers are so important in the communities and they they have taught in some cases uh, you know uh, they're teaching a child and they taught their parents and maybe their grandparents as well. There are also our seniors who in high school who were eligible to vote in this election. How much were other uh, people besides the teachers themselves uh, an extension of the education vote? So I think it was uh, the educators that went out in their communities and talked about the importance of public education and they did that in every community across the, uh, the, the Commonwealth. So they took it outside of their workplace and took it out into their communities and educators are respected. Uh, they, like you said, they teach uh, not only the, their students but they've had parents and they've had, uh, they're a vital part of their communities every single day. They, they teach Sunday school. They work and volunteer at the local food bank. 
So I think educators spread the word and they really went out and had those discussions in the public where it needed to happen. What is the concern uh, really with the, the, for the KEA with, uh, with the idea of education choice, educational choice, where uh, there is that option of choosing a, a private and, and or other uh, you know, homeschooling, other options besides the traditional public classroom? So, you know, everybody has choice in terms of their, of their educational pathway, but we want to make sure uh, for KEA and for educators across the state that we have a high quality public education system that's available for every student that provides uh, all those opportunities that are possible that no matter if you're in the smallest district in the state or the largest di district in the state, that all, all those students have the same opportunities, that all the educators that are there are high quality educators that are serving those students and have the resources to provide those opportunities for their students. What will it be like having teachers to serve as the Grand Marshals of the inaugural parade? That is a, a very symbolic position. Uh, it, uh, it, it's amazing. Uh, I've had texts from all over the, the state, uh, educators are just excited that they're being honored and respected once again. Uh, so to have that position of, of honor as Grand Marshals of the inaugural parade is just an exciting time. Uh, we're uh, making plans to have educators to be there. So I think that's just a, a giving us a renewed focus on how much public education is important for this new administration that's coming in, that there's going to be a renewed focus on public education, and then making that investment in public education and the educators who serve those students each and every day. Are teachers willing now to uh, support this governor as he may be trying to do same things that the legislature may be uh, you know, in opposition to, such as uh, expanded gaming to try to get more money, he says, for uh, the, the pension system. I mean, is that an area uh, of concern for, for teachers as well? Uh, so resources, making sure that we have resources coming in and revenue coming in to back those resources. The Kentucky Education Association Board and our Delegate Assembly has a long-standing uh, um, position that we support anything that brings revenue in that's going to focus on public education, that's going to invest in public education and invest in those uh, pensions. Uh, so you do include pensions in the, the investments? Yes. Yeah. Yes. We, well, you know, you, we have to retain uh, and recruit highly qualified educators and making sure that we have those highly qualified educators means you have to have a benefit package. We have to pay our educators as professionals. They serve uh, students each and every day. They're experts in what they do. They have multiple degrees. Uh, so making sure that they have a, a, that they're paid as professionals and have a good benefit package that moves uh, to bring them into the system. Governor Bevan had said and had predicted that future governors going forward will see that the current uh, retirement system and the pension system is not sustainable over the long haul, uh, that it requires uh, so much resources that the, for the state to put in that, uh, that, that, it, that it couldn't happen over the long haul. Do you agree with that? Do you agree that there should be some changes going forward uh, to, to the retirement package? So we think the system works the way it's supposed to, you know, and we've seen proof of that. When we invest and put in the dollars that are supposed to be in the system, the system works and grows like it's supposed to. You know, they, they talk about a crisis. It's not really a crisis that's happening. It's a long-term investment in the, in the system. So it's, um, 
making sure that we're making sure that we have a dedicated resource of funding that goes into that. And that's going to be a, a big discussion that I think will occur in the legislature this coming session. All right, we'll talk about some other things that may come up in the session. What are the priorities for the Kentucky Education Association? Eddie Campbell is with us here after teachers this week celebrated, in many cases, the election of Governor-elect Andy Bashir to lead the Commonwealth. We're back in a moment. And welcome back to WKYT's Kentucky Newsmakers. We are visiting with Eddie Campbell, the president of the Kentucky Education Association, uh, which has been a hot seat the last uh, two or three years. And uh, I know sure. Stephanie Winkler was your predecessor. Yes. And you worked hand in hand. Uh, as you look back over the last uh, couple of years, uh, were there some dark days for, for education in your view? Uh, there was a lot of tough days uh, then, you know, for public education in the state. and. You know, but I'm, I'm proud uh, of all of our educators across the state who stood up and said, no, our students are important, our public education is important, our professions are important. So uh, the standing up of, and, and taking care of uh, their communities, their public schools has, has just been a really bright point for me. What do you want to see uh, when the legislative session begins uh, in January, and it uh, will be the, the full long session this time mm -hmm. with the budget included, uh, with the talk about uh, the revenue and, and, and where to get it and what to do next? What do you want to see from them uh, as it relates to public education? So, you know, our priorities are making sure we fully fund public education so that we're providing opportunities, resources. We have highly qualified educators who are in, uh, meeting the needs of students from the time they're picked up in the morning by the, uh, the transportation uh, to the food service who uh, are there providing nutritious meals to the counselors and the social workers that are in the building uh, providing those mental health services, fully funding all of those. I know a big part of that came uh, with the like the school safety bill that was passed, uh, there was passed no but not funded. Right, it wasn't so you funded. Will, will, so will you be uh, pushing for the funding of that? Uh, yes, we will be full funding of all public education. You know, not just the safety bill, but to make sure that we're fully funding all aspects of public education. You know, our transportation is only funded at about sixty percent right now, and for a lot of our rural districts, that puts a big drain on their general funds. Fully funding uh, full day kindergarten because that puts a, uh, we have full day kindergarten in almost every single district in the state, but the state only provides a, uh, half the funding for that. So making sure that we're fully funding and investing in that early childhood. Uh, so those will be big issues. The, making sure we're fully funding the pension uh, it will be another uh, uh, a focus of ours. Uh, pay raises for educators across the state uh, because a lot of our educators haven't had a, a pay raise in uh, six years. So, you know, the, the, a lot of them have seen their paychecks go backwards over the last uh, six years as things get more and more expensive and their paycheck doesn't go as far as it used to. So making sure we're investing so we can recruit and retain educators into the system. Uh, and then making sure that we focus on the new educators that are coming in through our Kentucky uh, Teacher Internship Program. It wasn't funded in the last budget. And that's a real vital piece that mentors new educators that come into the field. So, and you know, the two biggest reasons that educators, new educators leave the profession, 
The first one is they don't have enough resources to do the job effectively that they want to do for their students and really give them every opportunity possible. But the second one is support and mentorship as they're coming into the profession. We hear often that uh, teachers are, uh, can be seen out buying supplies for their classrooms and sometimes for some of the students uh, who can't afford uh, to, to have the, their own supplies and all of that. Uh, that is a, a reality across the state? Oh, it's very much a reality all across the state. I mean, I know as an educator, I reached in my pocket many, many times to buy supplies for my classrooms uh, throughout my career. And I know this happens every single year as school starts, teachers are out uh, finding supplies, making sure that they have pencils and paper and things like that, just to make sure that students have the basic needs. Uh, but to have textbooks that are up to date, to have technology that's up to date, those are things that need to be funded also. And I know our educators are passionate about what they do for their students and they will go above and beyond and making sure that their voice is heard in this process is vitally important. The Kentucky Supreme Court in 1989 struck down uh, the Kentucky's system of common schools and said you've got to figure out something and, and, and be sure that there is an equality to the school systems across the state in terms of the money that is, uh, is spent on those districts. Uh, then the 1990 Kentucky Education Reform Act was put in place. Do you fear that in the almost 20 years since that, uh, that there has been a retrenchment that there are the, the wealthier districts have an ability to do more for the schools uh, than, than the, the poorer districts? Well, you know, the Rose decision was a landmark decision which made Kentucky uh, a, a lighthouse for many, many other states. And that decision to make sure that we fully fund public education so that it's uh, equitable in all districts uh, was a, a cornerstone of that decision. So I think we haven't kept up with fund, fully funding. Uh, you know, the SEEK formula is about 13% behind where it actually should be. So making sure we move ourselves back into fully funding that system and really placing an importance on investing in public education. Because when we invest in public education, we raise up the entire commonwealth. The legislature can expect to continue to hear from you? Oh, yes. Uh, we're, educators are going to be there. They are fired up. Uh, you know, I think if anything the last four years has taught uh, educators across the state of Kentucky is they have to use their voice and they have to be present and uh, uh, in the process and making sure that they're heard because our students depend on it, our professions depend on it, and the public schools, which are the heart and souls of our communities all across the state of Kentucky, depend on it. Eddie Campbell, the president of the Kentucky Education Association, thanks for coming. Right. Appreciate thank you very appreciate much. It. All right. And we want to thank you for joining us for this edition of Kentucky Newsmakers. We will see you bright and early this week on WKYT this morning. We start at 4.30, so we're up when you're up. We hope you join us, and we hope you make it a good week ahead.